0: in this series talking about our culture, talking about our values, where God is taking us in this great historical revival that is right in front of us. We talked about five different things, first of all, that we are to grow together in community, pursue his presence... Serve like Jesus, Go out and make disciples. And now, probably your favorite one of all of them is this incredible give generously. So I like us like us just to say that out loud uh, together. Give. Uh, Well, the momentum is building. Say it again. Give Give
1: generously.
0: Now, we want to take a look at uh, this uh, world specifically, which is our financial world. Uh, We have every area of our lives that we are uh, learning to give generously from driving on the interstate and letting someone in to actually getting a cup of coffee for your husband or wife early in the morning. But we're not talking about coffee distribution today. We're talking about uh, this whole world that we all are a part of, which is our financial world. And it's interesting that the Bible has a lot to say about this subject of our finances. And our beginning point is to, first of all, understand what is the end that God has in mind regarding our financial world. As followers of Christ, we have to be reminded that We are the answer to the prayer, the Lord's prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are here on a mission to establish God's ways to follow Jesus and to end the evil, the crime, as we saw yesterday in a synagogue where All those people were killed, some wounded police officers, 13 bombs disseminated in our country. And we know the kingdom of evil is active and alive, but we are here to supplant every demonic force that exists on the earth. And first of all, We need a fresh revelation on this very basic thing, and it is this. It's about ownership, and it is radical, and it is non-religious, but it is this whole idea that this ownership of everything that we have and who we are now Belongs to the Lord. Psalm 50 verse 10 and 11 and 12 says, The animals in the forest are God's cattle on a thousand hills, birds on the mountain, animals of the field. And then he sort of concludes here and says, "For, For all the world is mine and everything in it. So what is assaulting to any temptation that we have to exalt ourselves and think we're cool dudes is the fact that God has given us everything we have. And this jacket I have on, I might think it's in my closet and I might think I own it, but I was gonna put a sign on the back that say says that God owns this jacket, watch out. But everything we have belongs to the Lord. Now it's very easy to mentally comprehend that and not fully understand that we cannot know it in our hearts unless the Holy Spirit gives us revelation that it actually becomes a reality. And when it becomes a reality, it actually changes how we approach our financial World. Now we know that we are introduced 500 years before we're introduced to the law of Moses. We are introduced to this exciting holy tithe that comes into Scripture. For all the followers of the Lord. We kind of pick up that story, you're still here, in Hebrews chapter 7. So if you want to open your U you version or follow with me, chapter 7, Hebrews, verse 1. This Melchizedek was king of Salem. And priest of God most high. He met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And and just read this next one line there. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. Not too loud, but say it again. And Abraham... First, the name of Melchizedek means king of righteousness. Then also, king of Salem means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Abraham is called our spiritual father. And Abraham goes out, and all of these kings are coming at him. They had taken Lot, his nephew, and all of his goods. And so Abraham gets his guys, his small groups, and he goes out, and he takes all these kings out. And not only did he take the kings out, he took all of the spoil... It was a a good take. And as he is coming back, the Bible says that a priest, Melchizedek, faces him. And we learn here that this is somewhat mysterious because the Bible says that specifically that he was without a beginning and without an end And we learn that Melchizedek is a type of Christ. And some theologians actually think that it's actually Christ himself. And now as he comes back from battle, Melchizedek, this type of Christ, begins to bless him. And now... He, from his heart, takes all of his spoil and supernaturally, he takes 90% and keeps. And then the Bible says he gives the 10th, 10%, 10% to Melchizedek. And right there, there's a, a principle that is put into existence of all time. That we enter into this, this tithe, this holy tithe. And while we often talk about the blessing coming, we fail to turn around and see the blessing we have. It's really good. <laughs> Say that again. So... He begins to understand that he's already blessed by the priest, and we, as the followers of Christ, we have been blessed. Yes. and if we look around, we can find some blessing. could it be that we 're not in the hospital today, could be that we're still breathing, could be that we have one, at least one friend on the earth. It could be that God has done things that are so amazing that we have no response other than to say, thank you, Jesus, and jump into your financial world and do something rather than say, praise God. Here, he gave a tenth. Later, we find at Bethel... Jacob has this incredible encounter with God, and now in Genesis 28, verse 22, he says he is like laying down, and there's a stone there, and the stone represents the house of God, and then it says, of all that you give me, again, he says, I'll give you, a tenth. Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30 talks about the tithe as being holy unto God. Holy means that it is set aside for the Lord. And God wants us to know that he wants to demonstrate his goodness, and his bountiful blessings. Even when we're in the valley of the shadow of death, I have found that God can show up on the mountaintop when I'm in the valley. And when I am all in, when I am completely focused on the goodness of God and the blessing and what he has done for me, I then become a person who gives generously. Now, the nation somehow started to cheat. And the Bible says in Malachi 3, verse 8, they started to cheat... On God now it's one thing to cheat on your girlfriend if you're guilty stand up (laughs) it's one thing to cheat on your taxes it's one thing to cheat when you're taking a test and this brought back to me when I was in the eighth grade at Hamilton Junior High, I had a close friend next to me who I thought wanted to share the answers on the test. (laughs) And I happened to look at his paper, and then the teacher looked at me, and I was taken out of the room, and I had to go to an encounter and get healed. (laughs) It's the last time I cheated. So cheating is never good but here these guys who knew the way started to cheat on God and finally he says you're cheating in two areas not chemistry and math you're cheating with your tithe the 10% deal and you're cheating on the offerings deal And so now he says in Malachi 3:10, guys need to get with it. Bring or text (laughs) the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. The tithe there was. For the ministry, it's for God's work. The storehouse was a location where they would bring their animals. So it was for the work of God. And we understand this in the context of this being in the New Testament because in the book of Matthew, chapter uh, 23... Verse 23, that Jesus personally confronts the Pharisees, the religious guys, because they were not taking care of justice and those kinds of things, and they were doing some tithing. At the end, he says, you ought to have been doing the former, which was the holy tithe. So now, under the new covenant, when we bring, or text, we bring our ties not with a police officer with a gun in our back or threats, but we text and bring with joy in our hearts, knowing that all that we have is from the Lord, And that when your salary comes in, and how many have income come in? Would you raise your hand? Not everyone. Thank you for raising your hand. But when you see that come in, you always thank someone. You can thank yourself and say, wow, how great I am. You can thank your employer, but the first thanks goes to God so that God is first we are second and Starbucks down the line <laughs> later on God first Amen. so he says go ahead and bring the whole tithe into the store <coughs> storehouse <clears throat> test me in this, uh, I'm getting choked up about this, and see if I will not open, throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. And what he says here, that there's a spiritual connection to our responding with grace in our hearts and faith of bringing and texting and giving the Bible says that there is a spiritual reverberation and God begins to offer the blessing and that blessing is everything in our lives so that we're walking in a different dominion, we're walking in a different domain, we're walking under the presence of God and God takes care of us and watches over us. The other morning I got up about two weeks ago, and had this incredible meeting. I was like crying. I never cry hardly. And I'm like, heaven comes down. I get in the car. I'm approaching our street here, Mr. Lee Road. And I'm driving. The speed limit is 50 at that point. I look in my rearview mirror, and there's this gigantic truck about two feet from my bumper. And I had a lot of thoughts. And I felt like the Lord said, don't be distracted, Alex. I said, okay, that's cool. And so I got off with him right there, my close friend. Uh, Got to the light. I got in the right-hand lane. Truck was in the left and said hallelujah. I headed this way west And I look up in my mirror, and the same 18-wheeler is a couple feet from my bumper. And before I can do anything, he turns the wheel, crashes into a car there, and it was like a big deal. And I thought, you know, I'm glad I put in my ties that week before. Because I might have been underneath that 18-wheeler, or I might have done something crazy and seen St. Peter the next hour. I thank God he watches over us. He protects us, that the heavens are open over us, and that he is taking care of us. And the Holy Spirit has to convince us that it is Our move, for those that play chess, if God is there and you're here, it's very possible you're waiting for him to move, but he's sitting there saying, Charlie, Ed, I don't have a face with this, Mary, Barbara, it's your move. God, I'm, I'm waiting for you to move. And God smiles. Jake, Jehu, Jonica, it's your move. And when we begin to move, not anyway, not in duty, not out of ab- obligation, but we begin to understand that God is moving and has already moved, and he's waiting on us to move because he wants to open the windows of heaven. He wants to do something in the spiritual realm. And there's some connection of the financial world with our spiritual world and we want an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and we don't connect the two and he's trying to say to us, wait a minute, back up, it's your move and when you move, I'll move more and he wants to do more in our lives but we want to focus on our scarcity, we want to focus on our limitation, we want to focus like it's just not there but he's saying to us, Listen, there is more. There is more I want to do. And the word that came to me this morning is he wants to give us breakthroughs that we have never had before. That we have become up against the wall. And the wall has been talking to us and backing us up. But there comes a point when you have to get up. And you have to get into the wall. And you have to break through the wall. And you see God breaking through for you because you are moving Likewise, Proverbs 11, 24, and 25 says, the world, this is great, the world, oh, this is so great, the world of the generous gets larger. You know what that means? You begin to see more of what God has for you and your future. Because a lot of your movement has to do with what you see. And if you keep seeing the giants, got a new podium here, I have to be careful. If you only see the giants, the giants will make you move. And if you only see the things that are taking you out, then they will take you out. Because giants are big, and they are intimidating and the giants have scarcity. But I'll tell you, if you get, and you, you, you begin to see beyond the giant, and you see how big God is. And what I'm sharing this morning on giving the tithe is not just a message that I sort of opened the Bible. Because what happened to me was when I was a little boy, I saw my mom and dad that we didn't have very much. And even before I was born, my dad had this little church he was renting. I think it was a Methodist church and just a few scattered people. And, but my, my dad, they didn't have very much, but they, they believed that God owned it all. And they believed that you always put God first. And I watched my mom and dad. And I, I remember hearing all the stories of what, of what they did and when they stepped out and they believed that God would do something extraordinary for them. And my dad decided with limitation that he was gonna go out into this area. He was gonna build this new church and, and they didn't have anything, but he, he got out and he, he began to see what God had for him. And something begins to happen when you begin to see beyond the valley of the shadow of death. Little couple little people there, and then he built this church, Trinity Assembly of God, in the 40s, right after the Depression, and just had a revival come up, and a move of the Spirit of God, and people came from all places because... My dad and my mom believed that there was more out there. And what are you saying to you this morning? There's more for you. And we stop looking at the size of your giant, Uh, stop looking at your lack and your limitation, and begin to believe and begin to speak in your world. Become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the reason we stepped out last year with this heart for the house is we're getting ready for revival. And we simply saw a little picture of what God would do. And you gave $230,000. You saw all the things that we have done with that as you have given and given and given. We were with the advisory council and they spoke up and they said, let's, let's go for it. Let's see God do something great and see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so we are on the move here. We're believing for 300,000 in two weeks. I don't know how it's gonna happen. I don't know who is gonna give, but I do know that we're building God's kingdom here and we are doing what God has called us to do. And when we see things happen that are so miraculous, like Stephen Blackshire, Blackshire invites Todd Cotton to come to a service because he met him in Planet Fitness. And then he responds to an invitation to know Jesus and walks the aisle here and then goes to the God encounter and his life is transformed. That's, that's where I want to put my money, that's where I want my assets to go. So we're getting ready to double in our congregation. We're going to see a doubling of everything. We're believing that there's a doubling of our financial world here. And that you're going to see the increase in your business and in your ministry and in your family in the name of Jesus. So now, specifically, we are strategic. We are going to continue working in the pre-K. In our children's ministry, we have had... 444 different children in 90 days, 363 children that are guests, and we want to rework that place, and we have an architect that is helping us get more square footage, and we thank Pastor Danny and also uh, Stephanie and Victor for their ministry over there, and every teacher that is involved We thank you and we commend you. So we're going to pour cash into that for our kids. Secondly, we're reworking our translation. We need another uh, 12 translators. We translate now in Spanish, Portuguese, Russian, and Hungarian, and soon Italian, and anyway... So we're doing that whole thing over. Number three, uh, we've taken a poll here, and we know everyone loves good coffee, and this is important to the community here, so we're getting an expresso machine, we're getting new furniture, and we're going to get some grab-and-go, good food, healthy, and that's going to be great. And then with our God Encounters, I think we're on 68. 68, and uh, all of our equipment has gone to sleep. Our uh, screens are, is closing down. So we are, uh, how many know we took, what, 125 men? 125 men. And uh, all these men, we... uh, Laud you and Pastor Jeff And your team And all the pastors that were there this weekend And they're gonna ha- we're going to have another service Right after this one And hear all the stories uh, The last thing These lights uh, Are now going out one by one And we're going to put an LED system in here So you'll be able to We'll be able to well be able to see And things like that <laughs> And uh You can see these lights one by one have voted no. (laughs) And uh, they don't need an election. They're just like, no. And then from here, uh, we are believing that we're going out into our community. I met with Robert Stewart, our commissioner, who is leading the Christian Service Center. They are now involved in all kinds of ministries. They actually take food to 68 different campuses in Orange County and in Seminole County. Uh, They're feeding like thousands and thousands, 390, couple locations, six days a week. And we're going to be generous with them. Pastor Kenneth and myself were invited to a meeting with the mayor a couple months ago. We're sitting there, there. I guess there's 20 of us. And Shelley Lawton, the CEO of Central Florida Commission on Homelessness, gets up. She begins to give her talk on what's happening outside these doors. And I, I, Kenneth and I were really moved. And we said, listen, we're going to do something about that. And we're going we're to give generously out of this, all this money you're going to give, I'm going to give. And we're going to be a part of it. And... Our team, Tom, Pastor John, they went over there and she was so gracious to talk to us. So here's the CEO, Shelly Lawton.
2: Hi, I'm Shelly Lawton and I'm the CEO of the Central Florida Commission on Homelessness. First, let me thank you so much to all of the members of the Church in the Sun for your warmth and spirit of generosity for this community. Let me ask you a favor today, and that is first to listen to my story of Andrew. Andrew's a friend of mine, and he lived on the streets of Central Florida for over eight years. He was a truck driver. He got in an accident. He soon found himself out on the streets without any support because of his physical disabilities. I was homeless all total about eight years. So I just ended up losing family, wife, left, took children, dog, pictures, houses, everything. It took everything. I sat there and prayed and prayed and prayed and cried and cried and cried. Sometimes when you're homeless and helpless and you can't give your daughter a quarter or buy your granddaughter a soda or your great-grandchild a lollipop, Put you in a position of hopelessness. We have over a thousand people like Andrew on the streets in Central Florida who need our help. They have physical or mental disabilities. And about three years ago, we decided as a community to do something with compassion and care. And that's something called Housing First, where people are given a home and given services so that they can stay in that home and bring back their dignity and pride in this community. We've had great success. We've housed over 339 Andrews in the last two and a half years, but we have a thousand more to go. We need your help, your time, your talent, or your treasure. You can learn so much more about Andrew and our need by going to www homesaretheanswer.org to learn how you can contribute, how you can participate and how you can make a difference in the lives of people like Andrew. Thank you so much for your kindness and caring. I I can say this where I was once merely trying to survive every day I'm learning what life is about every day. I'm I'm beginning to live with it. I, I, that's about all I can tell you the truth Lord. I'm beginning to live I, I, I'm not existing I'm not surviving I'm beginning to live
0: so we will we will give generously and we will be a church that is known around the nations of the world as a generous church, and that we are giving for the right cause, and we are building a kingdom that cannot be shaken, that we have decided to follow Jesus, and we have decided that not only has he forgiven us of our sins and given us grace, but that we will respond, and we will not respond with part of us, but we as a congregation will rise up in strength and confidence. And while we may find it difficult to gratefully give our first fruits, our God first tithe to the Lord, we will. And we will see generational blessing just as I stand before you this morning coming from a family we didn't have anything. But I had a mother and a father that stood up in faith. And they looked at me and they said to me, and they said to the six kids, you can put God first. And I have seen the miraculous things happen in my life. And I have been in the valley, the valley that is a valley so deep, and you might be in a valley this morning of the shadow of death. And you may wonder how you're coming out of that valley. And I don't know how you're coming out. But I do know. That when you embrace. Community. When you decide to be planted in a church. And whether it's this church or somebody else. But you. You say I'm all in. I can tell you. You surround yourself with people who are wise. People who have the answers. Because. It begins here with this financial world, but it doesn't end there. It has to do with who you are planted with and the godly people around you that give you the words to get out of where you are. But if you stay isolated, you will not get out unless you have people around you. When I was writing this talk, I kept writing in my notes this thing about the Lord God Almighty. I didn't plan to write it, but I kept writing the Lord God Almighty. And I started to think, what if, what if today people who have known about the subject but have never embraced it with grace and faith in their hearts, what would happen if we take an offering this morning, we give our tithes and our offerings, and we step out and do what we haven't done before, go where we haven't gone before, and see God moving our church like He's never moved before. And that is our mission, ladies and gentlemen. We will not cease, we will not, will not stop. The other morning I was in prayer. I was writing out, it was that same morning. And the Lord said this, and I wrote it in my book of prayer Alex, this church has given millions and millions of dollars around the world and in the city. And he said, he was reminding me what we have done. He said, I will bless this church. And this church is blessed when you're blessed, then I'm blessed. And I'm declaring on this Sunday, in October, the 28th, 2018, that something shakes, something moves. And the Lord, oh God, mighty God stands up in front of you and says, I will take you where you've never been before. Next Sunday, Pastor Choco will fly in here from Chicago, a church of 15,000 people in the inner city, a place of revival, a place of breakthrough, Next week's is not like any other week we've ever had. This is Friends' Day. By God's grace, I'm going to have several friends here myself, and I'm believing that when the altar call is given next week, there'll be there'll be the most people we've ever seen in the history of the church, because these are the last days, when they are bombing synagogues and sending these bombs. We better rise up, and we better be mighty. And we better be strong. And I speak to you that are somehow timid and you have backed up. Or you knew about these things, but you've never done it. And if you haven't done it, you don't believe it. You only only believe what you really do. I would hate to get to heaven. And God say to me, Alex, you saw your problems bigger than me. No, I want to... I want him to give me a high fi and say, good job, good job, good job. I'm believing for a breakthrough. I'm believing for 100% today to step out and tithe and say, so help me God, I will do it. And We're going to give this offering in a couple seconds. I don't believe that all heaven's going to come down on you. You may have come in here depressed. You will not leave the way you came in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Giving almost $20,000 up to that hurricane up there in Michael. I think we should thank the Lord for that. I want to pray over our offering. And no one leave, please. Oh Lord, who is like the Lord God Almighty who parted the Red Sea, who stopped the sun for Joshua in the battle? Who was assigned to King Hezekiah and turned back the sundial. The God who heals the lame, makes the blind to see, gives hope to the hopeless. Be merciful to us, O Lord. Break down every barrier. And let us have godly generations of blessing. And remind us today who is like the Lord God. That you are the lion and the lamb. Nothing is too big for you. Nothing is too hard for you. Help us to give in faith today. Holy Spirit Come over this place and touch our hearts, renew our minds. Give us back our hope and our dreams. Pray in Jesus' name. God bless you as you give. Everybody stand. I believe today in the last few minutes of this service there's a, to be a mighty breakthrough and that we are to raise our hands in just a moment and we are begin to shout to the Lord we have been talking about the financial world but right now we're talking about give generous praise to the Lord I have found the way I have gotten out of situations is I begin to praise him And we're going to ask that there be the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit come down upon this church right now in the name of Jesus. I want us to give generous praise. Lift your hands and begin to praise the Lord. Begin to shout to the Lord. Begin to shout to the Lord. It's amazing when we are at our lowest point and have gone the wrong way and naturally don't deserve to be rescued. We're reminded that God sent Jesus to the earth to rescue us from our sin. And the enemy makes us feel hopeless, like, look what you did. Look what you've done in your life. You're not worth it. And he wraps us with guilt, condemnation, and shame. And he says, that's enough to make you stay with me. And yet Jesus stands up, and he doesn't condemn us. He says, you come. I already paid the price on the cross. I died for you. And since he died for us, that means we have value and worth. And he takes us in, in our state. And he turns us around and he says, I want to expose you to grace and love. Just a moment. We're going to count to Three. If you need to be forgiven, you've been running from God. Or maybe you know about Jesus, you've never encountered him in your life. Because Jesus is not to be studied, only he's to be experienced. And you can get out of what you're in. i count to three. It's your call of whether you're going to believe the voice in your head that says, you're not worth it. Or look up at that cross. And that's why we have that cross. Because that cross says you have value. That cross says I paid your price. That cross says you can have a new life. And I'm going to count to three. And you need to get out of where you are. And what one decision is just this. And it crushes the powers of evil. One, two, three put up your hand and say yes I need to be forgiven put it up put it up put it up yes yes put it up put it up yes yes put it up yes I'm going to ask every person to raise your hand get out of your chair come up here and stand for a moment I want, we're going to have a one minute prayer no one leave Come right now. Come right now. The lion and the lamb. Sing it. The lion and the lamb. Come, come, come. Get out of the balcony. Come down. That's it. Sometimes we do this it's so awkward but people come to Jesus so if you're a guest be cool just a second I want you to just turn to somebody and say do you need Jesus if they say yes can I walk down the aisle with you and let's see what God does okay so just turn to somebody I know it's awkward but Try it. Come on, turn to him. Might be your wife or husband. Come on. Walk down the aisle. Bring him, bring him from the balcony. Bring him, bring him. Come on, there's more to come. The lion and the lamb. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, there's more to come. Come on. For all of you that were heroic and had courage, this is the best decision you've ever made. We're not. Our focus is not how bad you've been, our focus is on how good Jesus is. And the way we come to Jesus is with our hearts in a simple prayer. It's giving our heart in Christ. I did it on a Sunday night. I knelt at an altar. So we're going to pray this prayer. Your next move will be declare to the world through water baptism. And right after we have our prayer, Pastor Davis here with some friends, we're going to like go over here for a couple minutes and let you know that we're a family. We're not an institution. We're a family. You're coming into a family. And those that are watching online, wherever you are, and someone just is watching from Miami, thank you for texting me. And you may be in another nation. I feel like there are some people in Venezuela who are pretty desperate, and you're, There's like uh, eight or nine of you that are watching the service in Venezuela. And Christ is right there in that room. So let's all pray this prayer. And for us that are followers, say it loud to encourage our friends. Let's do it. Jesus, Jesus, I put my faith in you. That you took, you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe, confess and believe that God raised, God raised Jesus from the dead. He is alive. He is alive. I turn from, my sin. I turn from my, sin. my sin. I'm here to repent of my sin. I abandon my life, abandon my life. to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus. Jesus, come Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your grace. And the gift of righteousness and eternal life. If you prayed that prayer, you're in the family of God. Hallelujah.
1: Go with Pastor Dave. Come on.